Welcome back to Worship Weekly. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and most importantly, share Worship Weekly with someone else this week. This week, Reverend Jackson walks us through every book of the Bible and shows us where Christ is noted in every book. Music is a Scotland Evangelical Presbyterian Church Choir singing Jesus is the Answer. morning. This is Brother Jackson, and I want to talk to you for a few minutes and give you Christ in every book of the Bible. And I hope you listen and you understand. Father, we ask that you might just watch over us, guide us, and direct us this morning, cleanse our hearts and our minds. Father, I ask that you might take this message and put it in the heart of Every person that listens to this tape, in their heart and head, that they'll understand the scriptures. Let them make note of it. That they'll know whatever book of the Bible means, and where you named in it. I'd ask that you might just bless this sermon. In Jesus' sweet name, amen and amen. Thank God I love you this morning. Appreciate you people listening to me that don't know me anyway. I'm Reverend Danny Jackson. Christ in every book of the Bible. In Genesis, he is the creator and seed of the woman. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. In Exodus, he is the Lamb of God for sinners slain. Chapter 12. In Leviticus, he is over. He's our high priest. Entire book. Of Leviticus, he's our high priest. And Numbers is his star out of Jacob, 24, 17. Chapter 24, verse 17. 
in Deuteronomy. He is the prophet likened to Moses, chapter 18, verse 15. In Joshua, he is the captain of the Lord's host, chapter 5, verse 13 through 15. In Judges, he is the messenger of Jehovah, chapter 3, verse 15 through 30. In Ruth, he is our kinsman, redeemer, in chapter 3. In 1 Samuel, he is the despised and rejected king, 1 Samuel, chapter 16 to 19. In Kings and Chronicles, he is the Lord of heaven and earth. Entire books. In Estes, he is at Mordecai, chapter 10. In Job, he is a risen and returning redeemer, chapter 19, verse 25. In Psalms, he is a blessed man of one. He is the son of God and Verse of two, he is the son of man of eight, and he is the crucified one of chapter 22. He is the risen one of chapter 23. He is the coming one of chapter 24. He is the reigning one of chapter 72. He is the leaders of praise of 150. In Proverbs, he's our wisdom, chapter 4. In Ecclesiastes, he is the forgotten wise man, chapter 9, verse 14, 15. In the Song of Solomon, he is my beloved, chapter 2, verse 16. Nahum is our stronghold in the day of wrath, chapter 1, verse 7. In Micah, he is the everlasting God, chapter 5, verse 2. In Habakkuk, he is the anchor of our faith, chapter 2, verse 4. Zacharias is the mist for judgment and cleansing, chapter 3, verse 15 and 5. In Habakkuk, he is the smiting shepherd, chapter 13, verse 7. In Zacharias, he is the branch, chapter 3, verse 8. In Malachi, he is the son of righteousness. In Matthew, he is the king of the Jews, chapter 2, verse 1. In Mark, he is the servant of Jehovah, entire book. In Luke, he is the perfect son of man, chapter 3, verse 38, chapter 4, verse 1 through 13. In John, he's the Son of God, chapter 1, verse 1. In Acts, he is the ascended Lord of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. Romans, he is our righteousness, chapter 3, verse 22. In 1 Corinthians, he's the first fruits of among the dead, chapter 15, verse 20. In 2 Corinthians, he made sin for us, chapter 5, verse 21. In Galatians, he's the end of the law, chapter 3, verse 10, and chapter 3, verse 13. In Ephesians, he's a armor, chapter 6, verse 11 through 18. In Philippians, he is the 
supplier of every need, chapter 4, verse 19. In Colossians, he is the premier one, chapter 1, verse 18. In First Thessalonians, he is our returning Lord, chapter 4, verse 15 through 18. In Second Thessalonians, he is the world's returning judge, chapter 1, verse 7 and 9. In First Timothy, he is our mediator, chapter 2, verse 5. In Second Timothy, he is the bestrode of of crown, chapter 4, verse 8. In Isaiah, he is our suffering substitute, chapter 5, verse 3. In Jeremiah, he is the Lord of righteousness, chapter 23, verse 6. Lamentations, he is the man of sorrows, chapter 1, verse 12 through 18. In Ezekiel, he is the throne, setter, chapter 1, verse 26. In Daniel, he is the smiting stone, chapter 2, verse 34. In Hosea, he is David's great, greater king. Chapter 3, verse 5. In Joel, he is the Lord of bounty. Chapter 2, verse 18, 19. In Amos, he is the rescuer of Israel. Chapter 3, verse 12. In Obadiah, he is the deliverer of Mount Zion. Chapter 14. In Jonah, he is the buried and risen Savior tired. In Titus, he is our great God and Savior. Chapter 2, verse 13. In Philemon, he is the father partner. 17, 19. In Hebrews, he is the rest of faith and fulfilled of types. Chapter 9, verse 11, 12, 1 and 2. In James, he's the Lord of the Sabbath, chapter 5, verse 4. In First Peter, he is the theme of Old Testament prophecy, chapter 1, verse 10 and 11. In Second Peter, he is the long Savior, chapter 3, verse 9. In First John, he is the word of life, verse 1 and verse, chapter 1. In Second John, he is the target of the Antichrist, verse 7. In Third John, he is the prep personification of truth. Personal. Personal of truth. Verse 3 and 4. In Jude, he is the believing security. Verse 24 and 25. In Revelation, the King, King, Lord of Lords. Chapter 19, verse 11 through 16. I gave you just a little bit of this to maybe Know what you read when you read it. If you don't know it, maybe you, maybe it'll help you. I don't know. In Hebrews chapter three, verse twelve and thirteen, says this: Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelieving, departing from the living God. But exalt one another. Daily, what it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deception, deceitfulness of sin. Sin makes things of God hard to accept. I want you to 
to read another verse of scripture here in chapter 6 the book of Hebrews verses 1 through 6 now leaving the principle or doctrine of Christ let us go on to perfection underline let us go on not laying again the foundation repentant from dead works and a faith towards God of the doctrine of baptism of laying on of hands and of the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment and this will we do underline will we do if God permit for it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good work of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away, to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucified to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. <coughs> On the bottom of your page, you need to put two classes of people here that he's talking about. Verse 1, 2, 3. Let us, that's the people that saved. This where we do as saved people. Verse 4 through 6 is, is uh, uh, those who were lost once enlightened. Those who were lost in verse 4 and 6 through 6. Sin makes things from God hard to accept. Sin makes it hard to accept the things of God because when a man sins, he not not thinking about God. He doesn't want God in his life. He doesn't want to know anything about God and his forgiveness. He just wants to go ahead and sin. Number one, sin does the hearing. In Jeremiah 16, Sin does the, uh, does the hearing, and you can't think. It causes a willful turning away in 2 Timothy 4, 3-4. People hear what they want to hear. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 1. Read a few verses of Scripture there. Sin does the hearing. And I've seen people sitting in church and listening to the, the gospel being preached. And I guarantee you, because I tried it, you can ask some of them people when they're coming out or when their sermon quits, you're fixing to go. What was the preacher preaching about? They, I doubt if it, 75% of them could tell you. Here a while back, our preacher was was preaching on a Sunday morning, and he lost his place. And I knew where he was because I was following along. He was in verse 9. Well, he lost his place in verse 9. And then I, I waited for somebody to say something. Nobody opened their mouth. And then one man said, it's verse 10, I believe. And then I told him, I said, Brother Sharp, I said, it's verse 9 where you stopped. So I'm here to tell you that sin does a hearing. You can sit in church all you want to all day long listen to sermons. But if you got sin in your life, in your mind, you'll never hear the Word of God. It'll just keep getting duller and duller. You won't know what the preacher talked about or said. Secondly, sin dulls the understanding. Ephesians 4.18, 
in Romans 3, 11. Seeing darkens your understanding. There's no real feeling for the gospel. It causes lasciviousness, outrageous living. You can see that today when you go around how wicked the people are today. Even your neighbors, some of them are wicked. It causes uncleanness with greediness. The more they sin, the more sin they want to commit. And I've seen that happen before. I've seen people on dope, and they sin, and the more sin, they, they loved it. And the more they sin, the more sin they wanted to commit. I know a young man right now, about 40 years old, messed his mind up with dope. And you can talk to him, and he's smart as a whip, but he done messed his mind up. And you can't help him now. He's my dad. I've preached to him. His grandpa got me one day and brought me to the house to talk to him, try to win him to Christ. I tried to win him to Christ. He prayed, says he got saved on it, but he never changed. And the Bible says, Second Corinthians five seventeen, therefore if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, old things have passed away. Behold, old things become new. And if you don't change, I just kind of doubt he got saved and his mind's messed up. You could talk to him about anything. He knows anything. He knows a lot about a lot of things. But he's just, mind's gone. I told his daddy I walked back. Need to put him in a nut house. His daddy said, well, that's what I need to do, but he won't go. Sin decays the conscience. First Timothy 4 and 2. Sin decays the conscience. It causes disobedience. In Isaiah 42, 18 to 25, it causes disobedience. It causes unconcern even for the judgment of God on their lives. Sin just messes that conscience up. You don't even think about what's going to happen to you if you die and go to hell. Listen, there's a lot of people who don't believe in hell. There's a lot of people who don't believe in there's a loving God. It's not going to send anybody to hell to burn through eternity. I've talked to some of these church members before. They tried to give me some literature, and I want you to know that your witnesses are, they are, that's a, that's a cult, one of the biggest cult is. And I want you to know, brother, they don't believe in hell. They don't believe in eternal fire. They don't believe in a God that'll just cast people out. They'll try to give you literature, but I try to give them literature. They won't take my literature. That man told me a while back, he said, I'm not here. Swap literature. I'm here to give you some literature. I said, I'm here to swap literature. If I'm going to take yours, you take mine. But he wouldn't take it because it's the gospel. They don't want to hear about the gospel. They don't hear that God has got a place for the lost. It's a place that they'll burn throughout eternity, forever and ever and ever. Never get out of it. It's a place called hell. And I want you to know they don't believe in hell. And that's what it is to see the case of conscience. The conscience don't want to think about hell. They want to think about every good thing. No? And they're going around spreading a, a perverted gospel. And they're going to have to answer for it one day. The fourth thing, enclosing sin destroys the soul. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 3 and 19. 
It shows in the life and on the face of an individual. Isaiah 3, 9. You can look at the face of people that's been on drugs or been on dope or been on alcohol. Their faces show up. They look way younger, older than some of them are. And it's a sad situation because people don't realize they're destroying their soul. They're going to burn in hell, a place they don't even believe in for eternity. But the help of the Lord is near. Hosea 13, 9. O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself, but in me is thy help. The only way that you can get any help from destroying your soul is to the Lord Jesus Christ. And what a person needs to do if you're lost, you need to bow your head and ask Jesus to forgive you your sins and ask Jesus to come in your heart and save you. Open the door of your heart. That's what you need. If you don't do that, you can forget about it. You're going to bust hell wide open. And the conclusion, Romans chapter 10, verse 21, but to Israel he said, all day long I have stretched out forth my hands unto a disobedient gainsaying people. God in Christ is standing with an outstretched hand, outstretched arm, waiting to receive you. The sinner from sin to salvation, the saint from separation to restoration. And that's what you need to do. You need to ask Jesus to come in your heart and save you. I wish I could do it for you, but I can't. I can pray all day long and ask God to forgive you of your sins, but if you don't ask him, you're not going to get it done. You need to ask him that. This is Reverend Danny Jackson from the First Faith Baptist Church in Rogue, Louisiana, talking to travelers on the radio. We'll let y'all know that you need to get saved if you're not saved. And if you are saved, you need to go to church. And if you don't go to church, you ought to be shaming yourself.